Welcome to Podcast Homilies for Morning Prayer. I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and president of the Anglican Internet Church, Inc. This new series is part of the AIC's continuing celebration of its second decade on the web. These Podcast Homilies for Morning Prayer are based upon the appointed readings in the list of Psalms and Lessons for the Christian Year on pages X to XLI in the Book of Common Prayer, primarily using the first pairing, which always includes a gospel reading, as the second lesson. The second or third pairings of psalms and lessons are used only where necessary to avoid repeated reading of a psalm. Other variations from these general guidelines are pointed out in individual episodes. Each podcast homily in this series includes a reading of the full text of the appointed psalm or psalms, followed by commentary on key words, phrases, or concepts. Special attention is paid to examples of the study discipline of Christology, which looks for pre-incarnation appearances of or references to Christ in the Old Testament. Since Jesus quoted so often from it in the Gospel accounts, the book of Psalms is often called Jesus' prayer book. Each of these podcast homilies includes summary commentary on the first and second lessons appointed in the lectionary. Listeners to these podcast homilies are strongly encouraged to visit my Father Ron's blog page on the AIC website, accessible using the tabs at the top and the bottom of each page on the site. For this podcast, I've posted an illustration of Psalm 93 from the Stuttgart Psalter, produced circa 820 A.D. in Paris. Details, including the source of each illustration, are included in the blog posting. Two further points of technical interest before I proceed to the psalm text. First, since many of the images are derived from the Vulgate Bible, I take this opportunity to explain the difference in numbering between the Vulgate translation and the BCP translation. In the Vulgate version, based on Jerome's 4th century translation, Psalm 8 and Psalm 9 are a single psalm. This has the effect that all the psalms from Psalm 10 to Psalm 150 are off by one number. For example, Psalm 93 and Psalm 98, today's readings, are Psalm 92 and Psalm 97 in the Vulgate version. A second issue presented here for those listeners who are not familiar with Anglican worship is that the texts of the Psalter in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer are not the same as either the Vulgate or the King James. The Book of Common Prayer translation, used since the first English prayer book in 1549 A.D., is derived from Miles Coverdale's Great Bible of 1539, the first official Bible in English, which was commissioned by the Church of England. By the time the King James Version was published in 1611 A.D., using a new translation based upon the Hebrew Masoretic text, the Coverdale translation of 1539 was so well accepted and familiar to the English people who had heard it read by then for over 70 years that the prayer book's editors decided to retain the Coverdale 1539 text. All other scripture texts in the Book of Common Prayer uses the King James language. Coverdale provided a helpful transition between these two numbering systems by including each psalm's opening words in Latin. These still appear in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer Psalter and are helpful in comparing the Vulgate and BCP texts. 
For more on the season of Epiphany, including its history and how it is celebrated in the Anglican worship tradition, and when some of its readings are transferred to other seasons on the church calendar, watch the AIC seasonal video series Epiphany, the Manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles, which is presented in three episodes. Podcast versions of the video series are linked from the podcast archive page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. Sixth Sunday after Epiphany is the final Sunday in Epiphany season. The psalm readings appointed for Sixth Sunday after Epiphany are Psalm 93 paired with Psalm 98. Psalm 93 is a short six-verse psalm traditionally attributed to King David. Its first words in Latin are Dominus Regnavit. The psalm is also read at Holy Communion services on Easter morning when it is paired with Psalm 111. The Lord is King and hath put on glorious apparel. The Lord hath put on his apparel and girded himself with strength. He hath made the round world so sure that it cannot be moved. Ever since the world began hath thy seat been prepared. Thou art from everlasting. The floods are risen, O Lord, the floods have lift up their voice, the floods lift up their waves, the waves of the sea are mighty and rage horribly, but yet the Lord who dwelleth on high is mightier. Thy testimonies, O Lord, are very sure, holiness becometh thine house forever. Psalm 93 includes three prophecies of the Incarnation in its opening verses. The nativity of Christ in human form is understood in Christian tradition as the fulfillment of verses 1, 2, and 3. These are seen as fulfillment of the Lord's plan from the beginning of creation, as noted in verse 3. Ever since the world began, thy seat hath been prepared. These verses can also be read as foretelling the planting of the church at Pentecost. The reference in verse 2 to a world that cannot be moved appears in other psalms, Psalm 18, verse 8, 82, 5, 89, 12, 102, 25, and 119, verse 90, and in many other Old and New Testament verses. Psalm 98, the second psalm reading appointed for six Sunday after Epiphany, is another short psalm with only eight verses, also credited to David. Its opening words in Vulgate Latin are cantate domino. It is one of three psalms with the same two opening words, the others being Psalms 96 and 149. O sing unto the Lord a new song, for he hath done marvelous things. With his own right hand and with his holy arm hath he gotten himself the victory. The Lord declared his salvation, his righteousness hath he openly showed in the sight of the heathen. He hath remembered his mercy and truth toward the house of Israel, and all the ends of the world have seen the salvation of our God. Show yourselves joyful unto the Lord, all ye lands. Sing, rejoice, and give thanks. Praise the Lord upon the harp. Sing to the harp with a psalm of thanksgiving. With trumpets also and shawms, O show yourselves joyful before the Lord the King. Let the sea make a noise, and all that therein is, the round world, and they that dwell therein. 
Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together before the Lord, for he has come to judge the earth. With righteousness shall he judge the world and the peoples with equity. Psalm 98 is a psalm of David and the third of five songs of praise and thanksgiving. It is also another of the six psalms using, as noted, using the word new song. Isaac Watts had the words of Psalm 98, 1, 2, 3, and 4 in mind when he composed Joy to the World around 1719, interpreting the verses as a prophecy of salvation which came to the whole world in Christ. Or as it says in verse 4b, all the ends of the world have seen the salvation of our God. Watts' song is consistent with St. Augustine's comments on Psalm 96.1, and you can read that as hymn 38 in the St. Chrysostom hymnal. Originally a song of the second coming, by popular acceptance, Watts' hymn is now included as a Christmas hymn. Christians looking for a Christological symbol see verses 2, 3, and 4 as referring to Christ or the right arm of the Father and who is holy and the passion of the Christ. All the ends of the world have seen the salvation of our God in verse 4b. Psalm 96, 9, part of the psalm reading for Ascension Day. Psalm 98, 9, and 10 speak of the righteous judgment of the Lord. All the lands should be joyful in the works of the Lord, in verse 5. The shawm instrument referred to in verse 7 is likely a woodwind instrument similar to an oboe. The first lesson for six Sunday after Epiphany is Isaiah 66, 1 to 2, 10, 12 to 16, and 18 to 23, part of the final chapter of Isaiah in which he prophesies the coming of, quote, a new heaven and a new earth, unquote, in verse 22, and says in verse 23, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. The second lesson is 2 Thessalonians 1, St. Paul's instruction to the congregation he founded on his second missionary journey with Timothy, one of the first churches founded in Europe. The message offers encouragement to stand fast in the face of hostility from non-Christians. The prophet Isaiah is the subject of part two, chapter one in our bookstore publication, The Writing Prophets of the Old Testament. The story of the founding of the church at Thessalonica is, or Thessaloniki as the Greeks say, is discussed and illustrated in chapter 17 in the bookstore publication, The Acts of the Apostles, annotated and illustrated. The closing prayer is the collect for six Sunday after Epiphany, which was adapted from Archbishop Cranmer's original 1549 composition by Bishop John Coson for the 1662 Book of Common Prayer. Bishop Coson's changes incorporated words from the collects for the first and second Sundays in Advent, and it is the longest of the seven collects in Epiphany season. O God, whose blessed Son was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil and make us the sons of God and heirs of eternal life, grant us, we beseech thee, that having this hope, we may purify ourselves, even as he is pure, that when he shall appear again with power and great glory, we may be made like unto him in his eternal glorious kingdom, where with thee, O Father, and thee, O Holy Ghost, he liveth and reigneth ever 
one God, world without end. Amen. Until next time, may the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and use its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.